Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. I'm so sorry to everyone. You're hearing a grown man cry. <laughs> this is Gerald Glassford along with the guy that is beating me right now. In week one in the Fantasy Football League we're in. <laughs> oh, Gerald, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. When I said by 70, I meant me win by 70, not you, <laughs> not you. That's what it's shaping up as. It is shaping up as that for our fantasy football guru. It is my good friend still, even though it's kind of hard right now, it's a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> my good friend, Mr. Tyler Baker. What's up, man? At least I'm winning my other league. Hey, man, at least football's back real football that we can watch and enjoy it's back it is indeed and already the warning sirens and Mm. siren lights have gone off people are panicking right and left i know a lot of people already on the chat boards and message boards and social media out there are already trying to figure out who they can steal who they can trade or who they Mm -hmm. can pick off the waiver wire your thoughts briefly on some of the things that are going on in week one of the NFL. We'll start off with some of the quarterback issues because that Mm. always seems to be at the forefront. Right now, are you buying or selling Patrick Mahomes right now after such a big day for Kansas City? Buying. I did look at the stat line, and I think you have to buy at this point. But let me check the game film out, and I'll let you know what I think a little bit later. But there was a reason why they got rid of Alex Smith and that's because Andy Reid had a lot of confidence in Patrick Mahomes, and he showed why today. Because he struggled mightily during the, not just necessarily the preseason, but in camp. He had a lot of issues connecting to his, to his targets, but very big day for him. Four touchdowns, great performance in a home away from home, which is the Los Angeles Chargers, which seems to be a home away from home for every <laughs> visiting team at this point in time. But that's another story in and of itself. <laughs> Are you buying or selling Ben Roethlisberger at this point? Because against the Cleveland Browns, who still can't win a game, which I still have a problem with when the NFL ties in 2018, or yeah. it's just something that they don't even do in soccer anymore. So <laughs> yeah, really disappointing that they still do that. It's still like kissing your sister. But <laughs> even though they managed to luckily get a tie out of it with the Browns, are you buying or selling Ben Roethlisberger? Well, the Browns haven't lost a game yet, and that's something we haven't been able to say going into week two for a long time. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, without Le'Veon Bell being there, there's one big story there. It's James Conner. He did a really good job proving that (laughs) it doesn't have to take Le'Veon Bell to make that offense work. Now, there were some runs that Conner made that if Bell would have been in that situation would have gotten a lot more, but James Conner did a really, really good job. And Giving that Ben Roethlisberger now knows that he has a good running game, I would expect him to be Ben Roethlisberger because the game conditions today were terrible. There was a lot of rain, and that's a really difficult environment to pass in. But now that the Pittsburgh Steelers know that they have a good, balanced offense, I think he could buy on Ben Roethlisberger. Third buying or selling. And now, in fact, I, what I'll do is I'll save some for our Friday show and for everybody out there that's going to be listening this weekend. Buying or selling Cam Newton as a top prospect at this point in time? Hmm. Well, he's going to have to get better football out of his 
supporting cast. I've never been a Devin Funches fan, and he kind of showed me why today Christian McCaffrey needs to eliminate the mistakes. I would hope to think that they could get some of those younger receivers more involved, given a better game script moving forward. It really depends on the price that you want to buy or sell Cam Newton for. It really depends on what you're going to get. But he showed that he can run the ball. He showed that he can get those rushing touchdowns. So I think I would just stay put with Cam Newton right now. And there was a lot of other great performances in the league this weekend. I know a lot of people were looking at it really with a, like you said, a sharp eye, trying to focus in on some of the better performances, hopefully going forward for a lot of these teams in Pittsburgh, where they had a great performance there that might not be something that you can totally bank on for the future. I know a lot of people picked up James Conner late because of the situation with Le'Veon Bell. I even know that you and I spoke about it just beforehand as far as a late pickup is concerned are people going to rush the judgment on James Conner and and go ahead and try to establish him as maybe a running back one or running back two that you're going to have the, in there every week or is this something that maybe you should hold off on and and see how it plays out if you have James Conner and Le'Veon Bell's not in camp and he's not practicing with the team you have to start him and I think you can start him and as running back two, an easy running back two, maybe even running back one. He showed that he can handle a workload, 31 carries, 135 yards, two touchdowns. He caught five of his six targets for 57 yards. So he's fitting in very nicely to what they want out of a running back there in Pittsburgh. Now, I know there were a lot of great performances, but also some poor ones as well, (laughs) Bill's quarterbacks notwithstanding. But I want to go into some of the things that you were looking at and you were interested in seeing as far as for fantasy owners to take notice of and be aware of going forward, at least in the early part of the season. Yeah, well, Marcus Marietta suffered an elbow injury. I haven't gotten any indication as to exactly how serious that is. Advice to check on that. It doesn't look like it's too serious. Leonard Fournette also left his game in the first quarter. The star running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars has a hamstring injury. They don't think it's serious. Doug Baldwin, the star wide receiver, For the Seattle Seahawks, he has been nursing a knee coming into the game. He left with a knee injury. Fortunately, it was on his other knee, but unfortunately, now he has two bum knees. So we'll have to see how that plays out. He did come back into the game, but they pulled him eventually just as precaution. It looks like Greg Olson is done, in my opinion. I haven't had any clarification of that, but he was wearing an air cast on the same foot that he was having problems with all of last season. It is not at all a very good indication. So we are going to be waiting to see what we hear from those players to find out what's going on as far as the waiver wire on Tuesday. Also, Delaney Walker tied in for the Tennessee Titans had what looked like a serious ankle injury. And so we'll be looking to probably pick up Jonu Smith if you're in need for tight end. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. If you have any questions for him, you can email us popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or popculturecosmos on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. And then if you actually want to go ahead and join their Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group, you can do that as well. They can give you suggestions on what to do as far as lineup changes, possible trades that are coming your way, waiver wire questions that you might have, Mm -hmm. anything in regards to fantasy football, he can actually give you the heads up as well on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, some things that 
maybe you should be concerned about outside of injury, but performance-wise with some of the things that you also noticed that went on in week one of the NFL? Well, I had assumed that Royce Freeman was going to step into the number one running back role there in Denver, but fellow rookie Philip Lindsay got just as many touches. Their production was almost identical in the game, so it'll be really interesting. I haven't watched that game yet, but it'll be really interesting to see how that split goes going forward. Austin Eckler got, he didn't take away from what Melvin Gordon was doing for the Chargers, but Eckler is somebody that you might want to keep in mind. Also, Dante Pettis there in San Francisco. It was surprising how little Marquise Goodwin was used and how much Dante Pettis was used. It'll still be interesting to see how Shanahan molds that offense. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look good today. So they're going to have to figure some some things out. And I would assume that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see the emerging number one wide receiver in that Shanahan offense present itself. Jimmy Garoppolo may have been throwing to the opposite team a little bit more than (laughs) maybe, yes, Mr. Goodwin. So troubling sign for someone who received such a generous offer. And a lot of people were laying a lot of great stock into Jimmy Garoppolo as the second coming when he moved over to New England to San Francisco. And there was a lot of hype and buzz around him. And he won five straight games to close out the season last year. But it's a brand new year. Defensive coordinators have had some time to look at that, and he had a difficult matchup today, so I would assume that there are better days ahead for Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, that that was scary. That was scary. Got injured in the second quarter, I believe. Got got injured, but came back, came back strong, and actually took the game for they, they actually made a, a big comeback against your Mitchell Trubisky led Bears there. Oh, Baker. No, I'm just kidding on that, but I just you know we just love saying Mitchell Trubisky here on yeah. the show. Your thoughts on Green Bay as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned? If you have him in your league, and he was probably the number one quarterback to go in almost every league. Is this something you need to be concerned about going forward? Do you think he's going to be able to get it out for the interim as far as the regular season is concerned? Or, or should you keep an eye on it just in case and have a backup just in case because that leg gets hit like that again? I don't think he's actually coming back on the field for that one. Yeah, we might see a little bit of less running <laughs> on his part, but he got hurt. He came back into the game and he did what Aaron Rodgers does. And that is win football games. And if you are a, if you have fantasy stock in him, you're going to play him no matter what, uh, have a good backup. Sure. But that's going to be your guy moving forward. Looking for an edge. The next time you take on your favorite video game, look no further than Vita brace, high performance gamer wristbands packed with the power of fruit seed oil. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun, or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale game, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Couple of the disappointing teams that I thought did well under expected, not necessarily the Bills because a lot of people were not laying very good stock on the Bills at mm-hmm. this point in time, but 
the Arizona Cardinals and also the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of people mm-hmm. had them all over the place as far as their success this season. What were your thoughts and impressions on why they did so bad, both teams, if you got a chance to look at them? And what do you think will happen going forward? Because in the case of the Cowboys, you thought even though they got rid of Des Bryant, they still had Dak Prescott. They still had Ezekiel Elliott and Cole Beasley, decent receivers surrounding him. You really thought, even with Jason Witten gone, that you would still would have enough firepower at least to get above the 10-point barrier. I think they have some firepower, but what they don't have is a healthy, dominant offensive line. That's just not the Cowboys anymore. They need some guys to come back. They need some guys to get fully healthy. And without that offensive line anchoring that offense, in the past, they've looked to Ezekiel Elliott to carry them, and it did not happen today. And while Carolina's defense is good, I would have to put the blame for Dallas's offense not contributing more to the game on Dallas's offense and not necessarily the dominance of Carolina's defense. Now in Washington, I think the Redskins look good. They look like more of a complete team with Adrian Peterson. What he does well, he is still doing well. He doesn't quite have the burst that he has, but he has excellent vision and he has the ability to find a way out of trouble, which is a very good complement to Chris Thompson's ability to get into space and make big plays happen. So the Redskins offense did really well today with a healthy Jordan Reed. Now with Arizona, it's, man, you know, Sam Bradford has a lot of experience doing a lot of different things and he's had success in the NFL. And today he was just not connecting with his offense. David Johnson, there was not a lot for him to get on the ground. The Redskins defense played pretty well, but I don't know how much longer they're going to keep Sam Bradford in there. It looked like that he could not evade the pressure and find the right place to be able to throw the right balls downfield. Christian Kirk, I think, is going to be more of an emerging part of this offense. He did get some work tonight on special teams, and he did get some targets. And it's just a matter of time before Christian Kirk starts really finding his role there. If I told you before we actually were going into the weekend that the leading offensive team (laughs) would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The magic is back. (laughs) What would you have said? I would have said that there's a much better chance of Fitzpatrick showing up than Fitzmagic, but he lit it up. He was perfect throwing to Mike Evans. Mike Evans had seven targets. He caught all seven of them for 142 and a touchdown. And Deshaun Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson caught all five of his targets for 146 and two touchdowns. Oh, my gosh, lit it up today. So what are your impressions of the team? I mean, obviously, they're at a a nice high and fantasy owners – They go gaga when they see a performance like this. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, it was against the Saints defense, which has been known to be like butter that you can slip easily through at uh, from any point in time. Mm -hmm. Now, the Saints offense is always something great to have. And Alvin Kamara performed as a lot of people were uh, actually the the prognosticators were expecting. A lot of people like myself were kind of very eh, standoffish on Alvin Kamara, but he definitely Mm -hmm. proved his worth as far as today is concerned. But Getting back to the Buccaneers, they're not the Yuccaneers at this point in time. They're very much a high-powered <laughs> offense. Do you believe that? Are you buying in on that? Or do you think that this is just a one-game anomaly and that they cannot continue this type of prolific offense going forward? 
you know, the Saints defense was really interesting last year in that it was terrible at the beginning of the year. And then there was some moment halfway through the year that they started playing a lot better. And so they were very much on an upswing. I think today we saw the worst of the New Orleans defense, and it was pretty bad. Now, Jameis Winston is going to be back in a couple of weeks. So Fitzpatrick is not going to be the quarterback there. There was definitely a showcase today of how many weapons Tampa Bay has to go to. Both of these teams have a lot of weapons, and we saw a lot of that on display. You don't think Fitzpatrick is going to be able to hold on to the job once Jameis Winston comes back? I don't think there's a chance of that at all. And as far as fantasy, I mean, if you're desperate, maybe if you lost Mariota today, maybe pick up Fitzpatrick, but there's not that much play you're going to get out of him before Jameis Winston comes back and takes that job. That is, again, the pointed words of our good friend right here, the guy who <laughs> beat me this week in well, fantasy it, football. You know what, though? It's not over yet. Oh, I'm hitting the panic <laughs> button. And then we'll talk more about that because a lot of people are going to hit the panic button. But on our Friday program, we're going to be talking a little bit about not only should you not hit the panic button, but things mm. that you can do to correct your team because – not sure. everybody's going to have a 150, 160 point game like you did this past weekend. But <laughs> a lot of people are going to be panicking when they see only a 55 mm -hmm. or 60 point output. We're going to do some research into uh, some options for you. And before we go ahead and say hit the panic button, definitely listen to our Friday show. And, you know, here's some thoughts from, from you, my friend, with some good steps that might happen before you hit the panic button. I would I would be very cautious. This is the first week of the NFL, and we saw Thursday how it can kind of take a little bit of time to get into rhythm. So, you know, there are some situations Derrick Henry owners might be a little concerned about how much Deion Lewis got to play today. But for the most part, I think at this point, you just need to relax and realize that guys have good games, guys have bad games. If you had Tyreek Hill on your league this week, you won. <laughs> so... And if you uh, had Nathan Peterman on your team, you, you lost. lost. <laughs> but it yeah. definitely is going to be a great season indeed. It is just the first week, so everybody mm -hmm. just calm down. But again, on our Friday show, I'm going to ask you, my friend, if you have, you know, for some pointed thoughts and good advice on where people should go as far as targeting for the second weekend in the NFL. But it's always great to talk to you, even though you, you did kind of beat me this weekend but you know yeah. luck 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 it's all in the luck my friend <laughs> that's what um, i'm gonna call it i'm pretty sure i'm gonna end up doubling your points this week if you want to call that luck hey you do you i'm winning in my other league let's put it good. that way very good very good <laughs> once again it is my good friend mr tyler baker still my good friend even after <laughs> barely squeaking out a win against me this week if you have any questions once again just please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but also as well, again, the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. There's so many people there that can give you advice on what you need to do to make your fantasy football team go in the direction you want it to go in. Tyler, it's always great to talk to you, my friend, even though you barely squeaked out a win. <laughs> Better luck next time for me. And again, continued success to you, my friend. I'll give you a, a holler on Friday and see what we can do about changing everybody's fortunes around for the better in fantasy football. Thank you very much, Gerald. Always a pleasure.
Always a pleasure as well to have you a part of the show, the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, and of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you.